We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to No Other Pod, the 49th episode. We are coming up on our one-year anniversary soon. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll figure out something kind of fun. Um, But before we get there, I'm Jimmy, along, as always, with my good friend Dan, who's back in Chicago now. Dan, what is up? Hey, everybody. How's it going, Jimmy? It is hotter here than it was in Kansas, and I can't believe I'm saying oh, no. that. That's true, man. <laughs> I can't believe it. I'm like, why Why am I here right now? Back at work. But, and uh, But hey, fresh off the heels of another Sporting Kansas City victory. That's nice. Yeah, four victories in a row. Uh, what's more impressive, because we've done that before, is Sporting KC did not allow a single goal in the month of August. And this is the first time in franchise history they've ever had four consecutive shutout wins. So that's yeah, that's cool. big time. Yes, sir. So we will talk about all of that and more later. Uh, but first, I didn't check with you beforehand, so uh, we're doing this live. Did Do you know if we got any new reviews between last we, week and this week? You know what? It's, uh, it turns out the reviews was not the, the reason we were winning because we did not get any new reviews. And we won anyways. Wow. There you go. <laughs> well. <laughs> You know what? Still give us some reviews because it can't hurt. So we're going to need all the luck we can get probably going into Seattle on Saturday. Um, Dude, that's, we're going to, we're going to dive deep into that. I'm, I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, I'm excited. That's for sure. It's an afternoon game. That's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Uh, So weird old West coast game, which usually those are later. This one happens to be earlier. So dude, we met some yes, really cool people over the last two weeks, man. We did. We did. Yeah. Um, the that We talked about it uh, last week a little bit, but the uh, uh, the, the Finkeldees had us over to their tailgate. I don't oh, think shit. that's how you say their name. That's really. not how you say <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's not how you say their name. Uh, <laughs> Finkeldie, I think. Yes. That is it, probably. <laughs> I would or think Finkelday. so. Finkelday or Finkeldie. I don't know. E except after C. Sometimes okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Anyways, <laughs> Leah and Austin that little tailgate action. We kind of crashed that for a bit, man. Darren yeah, Meeker cool and his people. wife came by. Uh, uh, also cool people. It was great. Rebe- Rebecca Meeker was that his wife's name? I'm not asking you. You're terrible. I'm awful with names. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I apologize to everyone whose name I probably have gotten wrong. So no, guys, if we met you, oh my god, I, I did not meet. A terrible person at all this past week and it was uh it was great you're all good people and i look forward to hanging out with you again very very soon that was fun if you don't meet any terrible people does that mean you are the terrible person dude that's probably it yes <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky <No>. bastard <laughs> <laughs> dan is not a terrible person dan is a lovely person Debatable. Uh, <laughs> it depends if you ask Marissa on a good day or a bad Ooh, day. Don't um, ask her nothing. <laughs> yeah, you guys, seriously, thank you so much for uh, everyone who came out over the last couple weeks. Uh, Eric Martinez came by again for a second time. Um, 
met a lot of really cool people. I met a guy. He didn't come by our tailgate. I met him over in the cauldron tent who's from England who had never been to an MLS game was yeah. apparently going to work in Toronto for like an engineering exchange program, but decided he wanted to stop in Kansas city on the way to Toronto to go to a sporting game. Wait, how is that so, on the way? I, that's a fantastic question. I'm no um, geography professor or anything, but I don't think we're <laughs> on the way from England to Toronto. Unless he went the super scenic route and went east around the world, across <laughs> Asia, across the Pacific. No, I don't know. Um, he had mentioned that somehow he just started following Kansas City sports teams. Like he got really into the NFL and wanted the Chiefs to be his team. Really? And then he had never been to an MLS game, so he wanted to come to Sporting KC to be his first game. So he had a Sporting KC hat. Well, I hope he had a good time. So, did you tell him to listen to uh, the best Sporting Kansas City podcast out there? I did. Hopefully nice. he's listening. If he is, hello, sir. What's up, man? If not, sorry, I guess, for <laughs> you not, not listening. We're talking uh, to nobody, so <laughs> have a good one. But, uh, yeah, fun, fun times. and uh, Hot times, yeah. dude. Hot times. I, I got burnt. I, I just... I, I'm, did you really? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm very... Uh, but I burn for like a day, and then I turn into like a bronze god, so it's all right. There you go. I uh, somehow did not burn, but um, even if I did, mine does not turn into bronze. It just stays red before eventually turning back to a pasty white. <laughs> before eventually so, turning into melanoma. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. It what runs the in the family. I'm so, so tasteless. You know. Cancer jokes are funny, Dan. <laughs> But yeah, it uh, it was a hot one. I was sweating through my shirt before I got into the game. Um, yeah, dude, I could feel it running down my cleavage. Yeah, it was sexy. Yeah, they, you know, that's one word to describe it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, it, it was a hot one. I was surprised they didn't give a hydration break, at least that I saw officially. Yeah, they but the do, temp, like the 30th minute and the 75th minute, right? But the temp dropped like towards game time, so. I think when the gates opened, they're like, yeah, they're going to need to bring some water bottles in. But then come game time, they're like, yo, these bitches don't need a break. All right. They're they're professional athletes. <laughs> Make them run. They're fine. Yeah. Um, they didn't necessarily look like the best professional athletes in the first half. Dude, um, good transition. And no, they did not. <laughs> Yeah, so let's uh let let's get into this game against Minnesota United a little yeah. bit. Um obviously Sporting KC was riding a three game win streak, two of which were on the road, and then the big win against Portland at home. And Minnesota United came in and they were playing the exact same formation Portland did. And we all saw what Sporting KC did to Portland. So when Minnesota United sent out their lineup and they say it's gonna be a three five two, just like Portland. And they said there's no Darwin Quintero, who's been their best player. I immediately thought, Sporting KC going to have their way with Minnesota United. I don't know. What did you yeah, think? Yeah, going to beat – you think you're going to beat up on them. And then they were just sitting back, dude. And and goalkeeper Bobby Shuttleworth was wasting time like 30 seconds in. Oh, make me so mad. I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, do you want to – if you want this game to be a rivalry, one of y'all got to win at the other person's stadium first. But come in acting like you want to win. Yeah. Like, well, you're you're playing for the nil-nil draw. I I don't understand. I, I I don't think we've ever, dude. I don't think we've ever gone into a game and pack and and park the bus. I really don't think we packed it in like they were trying to. I can't think of a game off the top of my head, at least, where we have gone in consciously playing for a draw, like it seems both Portland yeah. and Minnesota did at first. I mean, why is that their game plan? How how does the coach conversation, how does that go? Like, all right, guys, just go pass the ball around, kick it out of bounds every chance you get, and goalkeeper hold the ball for at least 15 seconds. Yeah, well, what? A- Adrian Heath is not the best coach in the league, which is why he keeps getting fired from places and then hired by expansion teams who have nobody else to hire. Um, That's true. He probably won't be at Minnesota much longer. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess... Peter said before, teams come into Children's Mercy Park and they just sit back and try to play for a draw. But it really felt like, especially Portland, Minnesota pressed a little bit more than Portland did, but it felt like both Minnesota and Portland kind of sat back even more than normal. Like, I'm used to teams pl- trying to kind of, like, take it easy and they then maybe trying to capitalize on a counter. 
but like neither one of them really had a counter to capitalize on that I can remember. Do you? No, not at all, dude. I, I, I was so frustrated and, and I was almost bored in the first half. Like the frustration turned into boredom and I'm sure everyone else was feeling the same way. Cause you're hot, you're agitated. And I just wanted to forget the first half ever happened. Like, and if you watch the highlights, man, like the highlight package goes from like the first 30 seconds and then it skips ahead to like the 30th minute or something because nothing good happened in 30 minutes. Yeah. No, I mean, Sporting was getting shots. Uh, maybe more accurately, Seth Sinovic was getting shots. Um, oh my God. Can we talk about him? Go for it. Dude. Okay. He's like, okay, no one else is going to take any shots. So he, <laughs> he just kept taking them. And he, at one time, he had three of our seven shots. I was like, dude, you basically have half the team shots. Yeah. And we're just, we're just, we're all talking about him. Like, oh, Seth Sinovic's very underrated, dude. Sam McDowell of the Kansas City Star put an article out talking about that point. And then Seth comes out and makes Team of the Week honors for MLS this week. Yeah. Yeah. He had a really good game. Um, he's only scored one regular season MLS goal in his career. So, some people are like, right? Why is he taking all these shots? That's not a good, not a good look. But he must have the green light. He must score a lot in practice. And Peter's like, go for it whenever you want. I'll tell you, man. There, I mean, a couple of them sailed, but there was one where it was just inches away from that top right corner, and there was nothing. Oh yeah, he could have done from about it. So, yeah, he uh, if he gets his laces through that ball, I mean, he's got the power. The the problem was it just seemed like none of the forwards were making any runs. Like nobody was moving. Everyone was just standing still. You were right down there on that end of the field. Is that what it looked like to you? Yeah, kind of. I mean, Gerso was still doing his thing, which really took a toll on him later in the game. You could tell he was getting some tired legs. Yeah. But uh, Seth Sinovic is that uh, he's, cr- he's sneaky, dude. He's not the guy you expect to be up there, and he's not going to nutmeg anybody. He's not going to do some crazy stepovers or anything, but he gets in pretty dangerous positions, and he'll launch it from outside the box because why the hell not? No one else is doing it. Yeah. Zussi did the same thing. Zussi would launch it too, and I'm like, okay, so our defenders have more shots than our forwards in the second half. Makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think you must be right. I mean, I haven't been to practice Except for, I think, one time this year. So I don't know what Peter tells him in practice. But Well, you have a job. Yeah. I mean, you know, got to make money somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but he must really trust both Zussi and Seth if they see a shot to go for it. Because... Absolutely. That, you're, you're 100% right. They, they'll they see a lane and they'll just fire it up and, and, and go for it if there's nothing else. So I, I'm okay with it. I mean... I'm down too, but when every time it happened... I was with my friend Chris down there and Marissa on my other side. Every time that happened, we just look at each other like, what is he doing? (laughs) He's going to really put one of those away soon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will qualify. I'll say I'm okay with it. I don't think I want every one of our shots to be a Seth Screamer from 30 yards out because that's probably not going to be a very high conversion rate, but Look, man, if we're no. if he's like, I don't see anything, I got an open lane, I might as well try it. As long as it's not like we're down by a goal in the 85th minute and we really need to get a quality shot, more power right. to you, in my opinion. He's not taking terrible shots. They're not really contested. No one's getting deflections on him or anything. He's He's open, so he's like, I'm going. I'm going for it. Yeah, that's a good point. Not a single one of his shots from distance was deflected. They were either off. I mean, they just weren't quite on frame, but a couple of them were really close. So it's just hard when you shoot a laser from that far. I mean, it's hard to be accurate and you get a little lift under the ball, you know? Yeah. You have to hit it just right. Get some down top spin, down spin, whatever you want to call it to to get it to to make sure it doesn't go skyrocketing like most of Rogers shots. Um, That's most of Rogers. You're right. (laughs) I don't know how they do it. It's science. I, yeah, I can't do it. Um, if I could do it, Dude, I guess I'd so be playing in the league. <laughs> that, there you go. You might as well fast forward to the second half because really nothing worth talking about happened in the first half. Right, exactly. So that was that was going to be my next question. So first half ends, kind of boring, kind of stagnant. Um, but you could see... You got a substitution coming. Yes. Yeah, so I could see, I don't know if you could see, Johan was warming up 
differently than most reserves warm up at halftime. Usually they'll kick a ball around or whatever, but he was very clearly working with the trainer, like getting ready to come in. So are you feeling good that Johan's checking in for Felipe at halftime? Or, or what are you thinking before the 47th well, minute? <laughs> it's funny because uh, Chris and I, we kind of have chalk talk. We'll, we'll be down there and we're just like talking tactics and shit. And he's he's asking my opinion like like I freaking matter, like I have any kind of professional opinion or anything like that. But he, uh, he goes, well, who do you bring in at the half? And I go, you don't bring anyone in at the half because – we we never do that. We never sub at the half unless someone's injured or something. Well, we did. And do you know if Felipe did pick up a little injury? Because someone said that uh, who works for Major League Soccer. And I was like, I don't think they announced that. No. So Peter didn't say he was injured. He said that he had actually thought about in the week leading up to it whether he should play Felipe or not in this game. Yeah. Um, he was like, he, he's back from injury, but... He's not like a hundred percent back to full fitness. Like he's not injured, but like it takes after you miss, what did he miss? Like three and a half months. It takes time to get back to a point where you can play 90 minutes every week, week after week. Oh, true. Um, so he was like mentally and physically. Right. So he was like, you know, he was getting to that point where I wasn't sure like if I should play him or not. He kind of needed a break and he goes, but I decided to give him a go. And he goes, I could tell after 45 minutes, he just, you know, he, he needed a rest. So he decided to yank him and, Johan made him look like a genius two minutes later. (laughs) So, so I see, we see Johan coming in. Chris turns to me like a minute in and he goes, what's your, what's your opinion on Johan? Like, how do you feel? And I kind of made a, I kind of made one of those faces like, uh, I mean, he's making great money, but is he playing? I mean, he, he's not playing like he deserves that money, I guess, but he had one hell of a banger in us open cup, but that's U.S. Open Cup. It doesn't really matter. Before we can finish our damn conversation on Johan, <laughs> he scores, and we both turn to each other with like wide eyes, like "What the f just happened?" I I didn't know what to say, man. I was like, "Okay, well, clearly when you talk trash on somebody, they they make you look freaking stupid." Yeah, and not only did he score, like now, Johan's like a powerful player. So like, if I think of Johan, I don't necessarily think of like finesse touch and then like a bit of skill and then you know slot it into the goal i think it was a dirty yeah it was a dirty goal because like he didn't get his foot on it like a shot he got it was like a toe poke and caught bobby shuttleworth off guard so it was it's not how he would like to score a goal but i think he'll take it right so yeah in the play leading up to it zussi found rubio who who got dragged out wide so johnny russell was kind of standing in the middle of the pitch just outside the box johnny got the ball Saw Johan making a run, passed it to Johan right at the top of the box, and Johan had all sorts of space sort of to his, uh, to the right, to the right of goal. So Johan had a first touch that just puts the ball perfectly in the space. It maybe was slightly harder than he meant it to, but he was able to outwork the defender. And like you said, he's kind of falling down and just toe, po- slightly harder than a normal toe poke, but pretty much toe pokes the ball right past Shuttleworth and I think he caught Shuttleworth off guard because it looked like Shuttleworth, one, could have saved it, but two, didn't really see it and kind of got a delayed jump on it, and that's why he couldn't get to it. Um, it was a hell of a goal, yeah. though. So It was crazy, and he made Peter Vermees look like a damn genius. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, like, it was... All- Which he might be. He might be a wizard. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they actually named the wizards after wow. Peter Vermees. Um, he was a wizard. There you go. See what I did? <laughs> But yeah, if you look at, I mean, honestly, this goal probably should have been saved. Shuttleworth gives him about three feet of space to slot it inside the near post, and he does it. Um, and mostly because Shuttleworth, I think, was kind of cheating the other way. But Shuttleworth gets a raw deal, man. He's not a terrible keeper, but the goals he lets in uh, are pretty terrible. So I mean. I... <laughs> He just he catches he catches some bad luck. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he gets him when he saves them, he looks pretty good saving goals sometimes. It doesn't do him any favors to have a terrible defense in front of him either. They just you know he's he's had to deal with some some absolutely atrocious defending on the back line in front of him, which does not help. Um, yeah, but now is Minnesota just bad at defense, or are they are they? Uh, bad at offense i mean they're not really scoring goals either yeah i think they are 
a team without a vision. Just bad. Yeah. They're just bad overall. And, and, and a lot of it is on their front office. Cause I honestly, I'm like, I don't know what, what they're trying to do. They brought in Darwin. Oh, I don't know what the point is. Yeah. They, they brought in Darwin Quintero and he's phenomenal. They've brought in every other winger. It seems like they, they could possibly find. And then they finally bring in another designated player, but it's a striker when they already have Christian Ramirez. And then they send Christian Ramirez to LAFC and he starts scoring goals on goals in LAFC. So it just seems like they don't know what their needs are. Like, you know, and, and they can't put together a coherent plan. Um, no, the plan Adrian Heath said was, oh, hello, we're going to pack it in at the uh, <laughs> Children's Messy Puck. That was that was a little more New Zealand than anything, but you get what I'm doing. I, you know what? If you wouldn't have told me ahead of time that it was you doing an impression and you just told me it was Adrian Heath, I probably wouldn't have bought it, but I would have said, hey, it's a decent Adrian Heath impression. So, Hey, um, nice. Yeah, I, I, Minnesota, they just, this really could have been the year had they had some sort of plan that they could have at least shown progress in year two. They're not really. <laughs> Dude, I thought, that, I thought they would have a surge. I thought they would maybe push for the playoffs. And instead, they're not. <laughs> they're just not. Well, it looked like for a little while they might have an opportunity to because the Dynamo were bad. The Sounders were bad. LA was bad. The Galaxy were bad. Like there were some teams that were bad, and Minnesota had their chance to kind of jump in there and take control, and they just couldn't do it. They didn't get it done. No. And then the Sounders remembered, "Oh, hey, we're good." Um, Well, (laughs) let's let's not forget who the true unsung hero is in this game. And that's Mr. Johnny Russell, who give is is given all the service all over the field. I 100% agree with you because three assists in two games yeah for me i thought johnny russell was man of the match because he was the one who he didn't have to do a lot to get the assists but you look at both of his assists you look at his off the ball positioning on the field he finds the space he looks for the right pass and makes the right pass and gives both johan and diego who scored the second goal the opportunity to score and Johnny and it doesn't happen unless Johnny Russell's there finding the space off the ball and feeding him the ball. So that's, that's true. If you, if you guys aren't excited about this team yet, I, I don't know what else you need because you're getting goals from all over the place. You're getting assists from all over the place. This isn't a Benny Failhaber team. It's not a Dom Dwyer team. It's everybody dude. And I, I think we can jump into uh uh here's a question I want to address. Who was it on Twitter that asked how how much Christian Namath has contributed? Um, that actually was our uh, – it was a two-part question from uh, someone we met at the tailgate. Um, Hawkjock is uh, the, the Twitter name. Hawkjock underscore KU is yeah, the yeah. handle. and uh, a little Jayhawk podcast. Yeah, they, the Hawkjock uh, is a Jayhawk podcast and website. Um, we might do a little something with them in the future. Uh, so keep your ears uh, Pod out for that. But yeah, if you're, if you're a Jayhawk fan, give uh give Hawk Jock a follow Hawk Jock underscore KU, check them out. They got a, a, a Jayhawk podcast, but yeah, Hawk Jock asked um, the second part of his question is what do you think of Namus contribution so far? So yeah. What contribution, bro? <laughs> I mean, he had what one assist to, uh, to Johnny Russell last game or the two games ago, I guess the Portland one. But I mean, he's not being amazing. He's coming in with like twenty minutes to go. Yeah, and and honestly, that's all we need. I don't think it's because of anything having to do with Namath. I think it's just because Diego no, Rubio is on one this month and it's just yeah. going off. Because this second goal, you know, Johnny Russell feeds him, but then Diego Rubio he uh, he gets the ball. He's in a little bit of traffic. But he receives it, does a, a nice little uh, dribble to his outside foot, and then fires it uh, against the far post past Shuttleworth. And it's just a good striker's goal from Diego Rubio. So, Yeah, he's he's really killing it right now. And it's uh, we really need him to show up hard in Seattle. But I think we're going to see a lot more of Namath because – our two wingers are going to help their national teams, man. Johnny Russell going to Scotland and Daniel Shallowy going to Hungary. Mm-hmm. 
So of course, Namath is going to be slotted in there probably for the whole damn game. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, as you mentioned, both of them got called up to their respective national teams for the UEFA Nations League. They will both that's miss right. the September 8th home game against Orlando City. So they won't be there for Dom's uh, homecoming. Doesn't matter so much well, bro, for... Namath wants to play... I'm I was going to say it doesn't matter so much for Johnny Russell because he never played with Dom. Uh, Daniel did a little bit, but... Right. Um, but yeah. Well, Namath wants to play striker and with Rubio and him in the lineup, I mean I I think you put Rubio at striker. So let me ask you something. A little crazy idea. Ooh, four, four, two. Now we're jumping ahead a couple games here, which, you know, we'll 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 touch sure. on this in a little bit. Do you, as Peter Vermees, look at this game, say, okay, let's say you get a result against Seattle. So that's that you know that'll be tough. We'll talk about that in a second. But let's say for the sake of argument, you get a result against Seattle. You're looking at this game. Okay, Orlando's been struggling. They're not a Western Conference rival, so it's it's a, it's an important game, but not as important of a game. You look at your pieces that you have gone. You got two wingers gone. Do you play a four four two in that game and do a little something different with the formation and have both Rubio and Namath up top? Yeah, that'd be sick. Because then you can have a that'd midfield be... with Felipe, Roger, Ilya, and Johan. And then... Oh, shit. Yeah. That sounds fun. And then you have Gerso you can bring in as a sub if you need to. You can kind of play him as a, a sort of a, a, an outside midfielder that can push up if need be. I'm just saying, you can try something a little different. So, Oh, it's absolutely what they'll do. And they'll still try to win the game. They're not going to pack it right. in by any means because you don't want to be embarrassed by a team who's embarrassing. Right. I mean, you could even do you could do a four four two diamond where you kind of have that diamond midfield where you could put, you know, Johan up toward the the top underneath the two strikers. Then you got Felipe and Roger and sort of the 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 corners uh, sides of the diamond, and then Ilya back in more of the holding position. Just saying, there's options. So, I dig it. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll get back to the second part of Hawk Jock's question or the other part a little bit later because it pertains closer. Um, to the end of the season with playoffs. But um, while we're at it, let's get to a couple of these other questions here. Sporting Timio says, is this one of PV's best coaching years or is he just spoiled with a wealth of talent? What do you think? I mean, I, I, can you call it wealth of talent though? I mean, I think he's just utilizing his pieces in a great way. So I think it is one of his best coaching years. Uh, I really would like to see it end with the MLS cup trophy, but I don't want to, I don't want to get too confident. You know right. what I mean? Um, so the, I think the best way I know how to answer this question is even if you were to, cause I do think this is the most talented sporting KC, KC team there ever has been. I think this is the best sporting KC team there ever has been. That doesn't guarantee a, a championship or anything, but I think this is the best team ever they've had. Even if that is true, that's a credit to Peter Vermees because Peter Vermees is the technical director. So it's not like someone's just given him the best team sporting KC's ever had and saying, okay, now go coach. He's the one going out finding these players because they fit the system that he wants to coach in, and then he's using them properly, like you said. So I don't think you can separate the two. So for me, it is his best coaching year, or one of his best coaching years, because he found the pieces that fit in his system better than anyone's fit before, and he's doing it without a budget of Toronto FC or Atlanta or New York City or LAFC. He's doing it on a fourth of the budget. So well, well said. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm all about PV love. Now, what do you think they do with, I mean, obviously there is a salary cap in major league soccer. That's what keeps the parity in the league. You know what I mean? Right. Um, this isn't premier league. It's not major league baseball, you know, where the same team wins all the time. This is, it's more, a little more structured. So what happens to all the excess money that that they're not spending uh, as the club. Does it get invested? Does it get, uh, you know, constantly stadium improvements? I, I don't. How do they even? I don't know. Now we're getting too deep. Well, here. so every club is 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 pretty much spending what the league gives them to spend. So there's nobody with like extra salary cap dollars. Really? Yeah, because I mean the salary cap's like okay. 
four and a half million or 4.8 million or something like that. I don't think there's a team with a salary lower than that. Um, what is Michael Bradley making like way more than that? Yeah. Toronto FC's salary is like 22 or 23 million or something like that. Um, now you, that's, you get into crazy stuff with designated players and Tam and Gam and all that stuff. And that's, that's how you get some of these astronomical figures. Um, but to, yeah, Jovinko and Michael Bradley, they're they're making like six and seven million. Michael Bradley might make more than the entire sporting KC team makes. Um like That's it's, possible. It's it's crazy. Um so yeah, but I, I all that is to say to answer Timmy's question, I, I I don't think you can separate the two. I think it just is a testament to how good of a job Peter Vermees has done both as head coach and technical director. So and the rest of the front office was scouting. So, um, Ian, C- well, Ian right. Siebert, I don't think we can answer this question, but he, he goes, why does Ilya always wear long sleeves? So I haven't seen an answer to that. Okay. You? Now, is it Siebert or is it Sabert? Oh my or gosh. Seibert? <laughs> I mean, we got issues, man. We, we got yeah. issues here. Ian, let us know, Bubba. <laughs> Um, I haven't seen Ilya answer this question anywhere or anyone ask him. Have you? Yeah. Why aren't you asking that? You're the post game reporter here. What's going <laughs> yeah, on? Maybe, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking for a while about trying to get a player on the podcast and, and I have it on my list that we've been talking about it increasingly over the last couple of weeks, you know, just between Dan and I. So I have it on my list to try to figure out how to do that. And, uh, Ilya is one of those guys that if we got someone on, he'd be right at the top of my list. So, um, maybe we can get him on. Well, bro, if it doesn't happen this year, hopefully I'm up there with you next year, and we can go. Uh, we can go do it together. Like, you know, I go out to the training center yeah. or, or sit at a coffee shop or something. Yeah. You know, no, that's a good idea. Um, we'll we'll figure out cool. something. I will. Uh, I will try to find an answer for you. Now that is dependent upon. Has anyone ever asked him? I don't know. I don't know. Like that's hot news. I I don't think I've ever heard Talking Touches ask him. Have you? They interviewed Ilya so a time or two, but I don't know if they asked him that. What is that? Are they are they a podcast? What, what do they do? <laughs> they 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 talk about something. Um, <laughs> oh shoot! Are they the num- they're the number two sporting Kansas City podcast? I have heard of them. There gotcha. You go. um, but yeah, I haven't heard an answer to that question, so I will I will make it my personal mission to find out the answer. And uh, perfect. If I get it on audio, but if, if I had to, if I had to speculate, it's because he likes to feel loved, and it gives <laughs> him that uh, human contact as he's uh, running, and he feels safe on the field and cared for. But I will say that he was in a picture posted today, and we're recording on Tuesday, so yesterday, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, uh, and he had he had on a sleeveless shirt, and I was like, oh shit, his skin's not all pimply or rashed up or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think the only time i can recall seeing him in a sleeveless shirt yeah he wore one when they had the parlay jerseys but i think it was because they didn't have a choice uh, right they didn't make a long sleeve one yeah and then they didn't make a long sleeve one for the all-star game either but Ilya was like gotcha suckers i got an under armor underneath so i got compression because you gotta <laughs> feel loved bro yeah hey, it's... it's like a dog wearing one of those one of those thunder jackets or whatever they're called that uh, keep them keep, keep them, them safe and uh, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, Makes I think f- my dog needs one because he's secure. an asshole. <laughs> um, yeah, you took Splinter with you to Kansas City, didn't you? Yeah, bro, we flew the dog home. That was fun. Yeah, how did you do on the airplane? It wasn't bad. I mean, okay. going there, he was a little sketched out, but coming back, he was like. Pfft, Bitches, I've done this before. All right, let's go. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> um, so Tattoo the Great asks, he put up a screenshot of the uh, last few times Sporting KC and Seattle have played. Um, Sporting KC beat Seattle 3-0 in Kansas City in May of last year. Then uh, Seattle beat Sporting KC 1-0 in August of last year. And then uh, we drew in Kansas City 2-2 in April of this year. And his question is, who is going to fizzle who out? I'm assuming that means 
who is going to win or who's going to grind out a victory because it's probably going to be a tough game. So that's as good of a good transition word, as Fizzle. I have. So what what are you thinking about this game? Dude, we have not had very good success in Seattle in the past. I mean, history shows that's a tough place to play. I mean, that's Seattle had had the crowds before Atlanta even was in the picture. Yeah. So it's it's tough, man. It's going to get loud. I, I'm nervous about it because they're rolling, dude. And I, I, I'd like to be superstitious and say, okay, you hit your lucky number seven win. You're not going past seven. All right. We're, and, and you even said, dude, you'd be thrilled with a draw on the road against these guys. Yep. And I think I'm right there with you. If you can get, if you can salvage a point out there, great. But if you get three against the Western conference team on the road, let's, let's keep rolling. Cause someone's winning streak is coming to an end on Sunday. Whether it's theirs at seven or ours at four, someone's is ending. Or we draw, yeah, there's no, you're, you're right. A winning streak is ending. Um, yeah, the last time I remember us winning in Seattle was the very first, I might be wrong, but off the top of my head, the very first game of the 2016 season. And it was Nuno Andre Coelho who had like a little dribbler from That's outside right. the box that somehow got past Fry and we won 1-0. Um, that's right. I, I was watching that at 23rd Street Brewery in Lawrence, Kansas. Well, I was at uh, No Other Pub. I think it was the first game that they showed at No Other Pub. Oh, nice. Um, Sweet. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. We don't have a ton of success in Seattle. Um, so, Seattle. Well, I haven't watched many of their games. I always catch the condensed match, which doesn't really give you a, a good idea of who the team is as a whole so i'm just i'm shocked that they've been able to turn things around when they were such trash at, at, for the first half of the season yeah so here's I've, I've watched some of their games i watched their game against portland which if you look at the stats that tifo was badass by the way <laughs> it was it was it was one of the more complicated tifos if not the most complicated tifo i've ever seen certainly from an mls team um I'm a big fan of the movie. So like just to have that reference of it, yeah. I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, y'all should go check out. I think it's on MLS's Twitter account sometime, but they had three big banners that said you'll float two and then it looked like some like lily pads and some water and then they raised a the it clown, um Pennywise. I, I didn't really understand it. I, I I assume they meant like we're going to kill you. That's what like I took from it. Um Cause I was like, have you guys seen the movie? Like, I don't, <laughs> do you want to be you'll compared float to too, that, the demon clown that kidnaps children? Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> floating in the sewer. I don't understand. Yeah. But it was a Your aliens. Yeah. It was a sick looking TIFO. Um, yeah. The cool. Timbers army did, but the Timbers outshot Seattle 22 to six. Now on target, it was only three Damn. to two. So 22 shots for the yeah. Timbers, only three of them were on target. Um, that's okay. That means they they were they were trying. They were they were just shooting. Well, that's kind of what Seattle does to you. And I think it was Mike Kuhn at down the byline on Twitter who said that the Timbers stat line is like a very 2015 2016 Sporting KC stat line. Like they got 55 percent of the possession. They got 22 shots, but only three were on target. They had a really good passing percentage, and they lost one zero. Like, interesting. It reminds me a lot of, of of sporting KC teams of old, and I think it's because Seattle is content to just sit back and frustrate you and frustrate you and frustrate you until they get a chance. And in this game, their chance was uh, an own goal by Cascante. So that's right, super unlucky. Yeah, I think I want to say it was Harry Ship who sent in the cross and it was a decent cross but then cascante just got his feet wrong and just redirected it into his own goal uh, hey is clint dempsey playing not really hardly at all i didn't think so no i haven't heard anything about him no so what was interesting so what seattle does is they tend to play a, or, or what they have done and this is when they scored was they played a 4-4-2 um and they had both will bruin and their relatively new Peruvian striker, Raul Ru- Ruidiaz, who played for Peru in the World Cup, 
Um, when they're both in at the same time, they're a dangerous attacking team. And then obviously they have Nicholas Ladero and Christian Roldan and all that stuff. But they're they're a team that grinds you out and frustrates you until they can score. So I don't know. Um, all right, do you think we can get a result, dude? I I cannot I cannot go into this feeling pumped and. I, mean, I just the way Seattle is is on a tear right now. Like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to explain that. It, that's hard to overcome. It's the hottest team is going to win, but you know who who have they really beat? I mean, they beat Portland one nothing. They smacked LA Galaxy five nothing. That was embarrassing. Um, they beat Dal. They got Dallas because, but Dallas had a red card. Uh, Minnesota United, big deal. Uh, San Jose, big deal. That they beat NYCFC, okay. And they beat Vancouver, who was on a red card. So, I don't know, man. I mean, they drew with Atlanta in Atlanta in July 1-1. So. Right. Even they had a red card and then got heckled for sitting back the whole game. And it's like, uh, yeah, we sat back. <laughs> yeah. We had a red card. Right. And we're on the road. Um yeah, I mean, credit to them. Some of the teams they've beat aren't the toughest teams, but they're getting the points. So they're unbeaten in ten. Yeah, yeah, it's they. Th- That's awesome. So I asked Matt Beasler after the game for some thoughts on on playing the Sounders, and I'm just going to read you some of these quotes real quick, and then you can react. Yeah. So Beasler says, "Going to be looking forward to going up there. It's always a tough challenge. It's one of the more difficult environments to play in." Obviously, their form right now is the best in the league. But hey, I like our chances. If we can play our game, I think that we've shown over the last couple of years that we can go into a tough place like that and get results. So it's going to be a big challenge, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, He sounds confident, but not cocky. So he's not wrong that they're in the best form in the league right now. So I I, I don't know. Do you have any reaction to that That part of the quote or, or, or what's that say to you? Um, you know, he, he's kind of like, we're, we're in a good form too. So, you know, if they go up there and play their game, I, I think we can get out of there with a win, man. I think it's going to take an early goal. I think it's going to take something early to make Seattle really push for the rest of the game. But, uh, we really don't want to, we really don't want to play with our food this time around. Okay. We really don't want to <laughs> take our time. I know we're on the road, but it's like we need to we need to eat. We need to get done and get out of there. Yeah. So I, I followed up with Matt and I asked him, I said, Hey, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you kind of look at this game as a litmus test ahead of the playoffs? Obviously nothing's guaranteed, but you know, you guys are kind of both on that trajectory. And he said, We're not going to look at it like that. If our fans want to or you want to, that's great. But for us, it's a team that we're fighting against in the standings. We're trying to get into the playoffs. Once we do that, we're going to try to get the highest seed possible. By the looks of it, Seattle are going to be one of the teams in the mix. So for us to be able to go on the road and get three points and prevent them from getting anything is going to be huge for us. Um, so he doesn't want to look at it as kind of a warm-up for the playoffs, but I mean, I don't necessarily think that's a bad way to look at it. Do you? No, not at all. I think that's a great way. Because Seattle, I mean, if you look at what Seattle's done the last couple of years, this is what they do. They putt-putt along for the first half of the season, get in a fantastic freaking form in the second half, and then they go into the playoffs all firing on all cylinders. So this is, by all accounts, going to be the t- the team you don't want to play in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think it kind of can be looked at as a litmus test because if you can get a result on the road, then if you have to play them in – a two-legged playoff series, and you know you can go into CenturyLink and get a result, you're feeling pretty confident going back to Children's Mercy Park for like two. So, I don't know. You should. Hell yeah. I didn't want to argue with Beasler on the spot, though, so I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> nah, you shouldn't. He's a very uh, he's a very mature individual and kind of a no-nonsense guy, I think. Uh yeah, you don't want to get him too riled up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do not want to get on his bad side. He's very serious in the locker room post game, so he likes to give his answers and then get home to his family. I think so. Um, but yeah, man, four game winning streak on the line. 
Did you know that uh, in or- so we had four wins in August? We had a four four combined wins in August in the last three years before this. You had to take 2015, 2016, and 2017 and combine all of our wins in August to get to four, like we did just this year. So, seriously, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, so consider we had we had a a record in in August from 2015 to 2017. A total record of four wins, seven losses, and three draws with a negative nine goal differential. And then in this August in 2018, four wins, zero draws, zero losses with a plus eight goal differential. So, dude, it's that goal differential is going to come in handy too if uh, if we don't pass Dallas and we were tied on points at the end of the year. You know, it's we're really crushing it, and it's it's exciting to say the least. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's really cool. And, you know, I think what everyone was really freaking out during that slump in July, which is understandable. But do you remember, like, when I was watching those games, so much of it seemed like it was just individual errors or silly mistakes or things that could be corrected. And I think even on this podcast, we kept saying, this can be corrected. They just got to do it. Uh, Do you remember it like that at all? Or, 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 yeah. Everyone goes through a slump. Um, some are longer than others, Orlando. Uh, some are shorter than others. Atlanta had a little slump too, but they mm-hmm. got the hell out of it. They woke up and and got the job done. It just it took us a, a month to figure it out. Yeah, Icopara said it just didn't fall our way in the month of July. A lot of it was individual mistakes, but the effort was always there. This month, we've just made the plays when we had our individual battles. Um, and I think he's right. And 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 Beasler said. You know, after each game, they would say the same thing. Let's not panic. Let's not change the way we play. Stick together. Don't be selfish. When we get through this, it will make us a stronger team. And I think that's what you're seeing. So, hey, man, seems like it's working. I'd rather them go through that in July and then feel good for the rest of the year going into the playoffs than go through it in September and October like we did last year. Because that sucks. I I agree, man. It's a... it's time. I mean, it's, it's, we're hitting our stride and it couldn't come at a better time. So we need to keep it going because the Western conference is packed, dude. Yeah. Like we're, we're, they're all just stacked together. And I'm thinking like, I, I heard someone say that Eastern conference is stronger than the Western conference. And it's like, hold up. No, 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 no. Three teams in the Eastern conference are stronger than the West. I think the West as a whole is stronger than the Eastern Conference because they're so bunched up right now in points. It's a very competitive conference, whereas over in the East, they're just their top three teams are taken off. Yeah, I think I think you're right. If you look at um, 33 points gets you in the playoffs in the East right now, it's 38 in the West. Both the seventh and yeah. eighth place teams are in the playoffs in the East. Uh, excuse me, both the seventh and eighth place teams in the West are in the playoffs in the East. And not only that, they're the fifth seed, not even just the sixth seed. So I think exactly. you're 100% right. It's, I couldn't believe it when I heard that. I was like, are you, are you serious right now? Like, I mean, Columbus is the only one closer to NYCFC and they're, they're behind them by eight points. Yeah. So it's like, all I know is that, you know, uh, eight points absolutely separates. Okay, dumbass dog is out and about. Uh, only eight points separate first place to sixth place. So that's in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, before we move on to the rest of MLS, um, the other part of Hawk Jock's question that I wanted to get back to was, with so many different lineups throughout the season, how do you see our starting lineup come playoff time? So what do you think? Well, what does he mean now? Was there were there so many starting lineups throughout the season? I really, it kind of feels like it's been pretty consistent uh, for a majority of the season. Yeah, I think the variance in the lineup came from injury, so it was necessitated. I don't think it was by choice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, I don't yeah, it definitely wasn't by choice. It was injury. And now that people are coming back healthy, this is that lineup we roll with. And yeah. if they keep getting stronger, this is who we go to war with. This is who's ready to fight. 
Yeah, so obviously you got Melia and Goal. You got Zusi, Opara, and Beasler, and with Madronda injured, it's Sinovic at left back. Jalen Lindsay's good. I think he's locked it down. But uh, yes, it's Sinovic's job to lose. Then the starting midfield is Roger Ilie and Felipe. So that's that's pretty locked down. On the wings, you got Johnny on the right and Daniel on the left. The only question for me is, does Rubio stay in form and keep his starting spot at striker, or does Namath overtake him at the end of the year? That's uh, to me, that's the only question mark. So yeah, if Rubio stays strong here, it's uh, it's definitely it's also his to lose. I think he's definitely shown that if he scores a goal a game, he's not going anywhere. No, you're 100 percent right. Um, so but also, yeah, why did Daniel Shallowy get set for the Minnesota game? Is that because I I kind of thought, oh, it's because he's uh being held out for Hungary, you know, wants to go be healthy for them and be fresh. But that's not for a couple weeks. So was he trying to prove a point by sitting Daniel on the bench saying that he needs to think about it, he needs to earn his way back? I don't know. Peter doesn't like to say he rests players looking ahead to other games, but I almost wondered if he was like, okay, we got Minnesota at home or we got Seattle on the road. I'd rather have Daniel fresh for Seattle on the road than have him in there against a subpar Minnesota team. So let's put Jerry. on the left side. I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, well, and Gerso has been on a tear as well. Um, just with being, you know, beating people to the ball and everything and really making those runs. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's a good problem to have because now you got two strikers that look like they could be starting caliber strikers potentially. Not to mention Kyrie, last we heard, was ahead of schedule. So then you got Kyrie Shelton able to come in off the bench. Um, Gosh, where's he going to be? I mean, what? Yeah. I don't even remember how he plays. It seems like it's been a long time. Yeah. He was that hold up striker where he'd make all those runs off the ball and he wasn't getting a lot of the goals himself, but he was opening up all sorts of space for Johnny and Daniel. <clears throat> so True. you got them. Uh, and then on the wings, you got Daniel and Johnny and Gerso, three great players for two wing spots. So someone's got to be out at some point. So I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. It's a good problem to have when you have too many good players. So it is, and this is like I said, this is the squad you roll with into the playoffs. Um, which let's not even count chickens yet. I mean, it's we could very easily drop out of the playoffs. God forbid, we could yeah. we could not make it at all. Yeah, I think Minnesota only just this week got mathematically eliminated from the supporters' shield. So we we That's are by right. no means mathematically locked into the playoffs. We we have. <laughs> nine, nine games left to go and a lot can happen in nine games um so i did want to point out this stat real quick before we we finish out the pod with the rest of mls stuff sam mcdowell tweeted that only four players in mls reached double digits in both goals and assists last season but this year both johnny russell with eight goals and eight assists and daniel shallowy with seven goals and seven assists could both get there so hey it'd take a That's awesome Take them, you know, certainly Daniel getting back into form, but three goals and three assists in nine games is certainly doable for Daniel Shalloway. So. Oh, very much so. And he's due. He's due to get back on the board because it's, it's been a little while since he's had any numbers. Absolutely. Um, but, hey, kudos to him for uh, his first senior national team call-up. Pretty cool. Congrats, Daniel. Uh, that's awesome. Going to miss you for Orlando. But yeah, um, would have been kind of cool for Daniel to be in there and like get a goal against Dom since he was kind of the guy that slotted in to kind of replace Dom for a little bit with Rubio. So, oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, it'll just be up to uh, to Nemo and Rubio to get the, the goals. Right, right. Uh, anything else on Sporting KC or, or Seattle before we move on to the rest of MLS? No, three three o'clock on Saturday. Uh, I think coverage starts at two thirty. So that's right. It's gonna be weird. Feels weird watching in the afternoon, but uh, there you go. Can't fall asleep. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. My attention will be divided because three o'clock is also the kickoff for the very first USC football game of the year. So 
Oh boy. I'm going to be this double screen soccer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Al- Alabama plays later that evening. Yeah, no one cares. Um, well, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Alabama another time. <laughs> we will. You're right. Roll tight. Oh boy. Um, so in, in, oh boy. in the rest of uh, MLS action tonight, we got some MLS games going on. Uh, oh, yeah. I love it. New York Red Bulls host the Houston Dynamo, which could be mildly interesting. DC United hosts. Well, you, oh, go, sorry. Go for hold it. Hold on. Let, let's hit them. Do you, want, do you want the Red Bulls to win that game because it's a Western Conference opponent? Or do you want Red Bulls to lose? so we can make up a little bit of Supporters' Shield ground, or has Atlanta pretty much already wrapped that up? Uh, Atlanta has definitely not wrapped that up because... Uh, you know what I mean, though. They're they're going to, I think. Maybe. Red Bulls are only two points off them. Um, well, true. Yeah, they've both played 26 games, so the Red Bulls just have to make up two points in eight games. That's certainly doable. Um, I'm not that worried about Houston. I mean, they're... What are they got? 17 points below us. So, but I also don't necessarily think sporting are, are in the running for the supporter shield. So I kind of want Red Bulls to win because I want to see Atlanta not win it. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Houston's not in good well, then form. Then you got your, <laughs> that's true. Um, and then you got a, an Eastern conference clash and a Western conference clash. Yeah. And then another cross conference to end the night. Four games? Shit. Yeah. And you know what? What's weird? The most important game of the night, as far as playoffs goes, might actually be DC and Philly. Because Philly is just above the playoff line at 36 points. Um, they're in fifth place right now. DC's at 27, but they're only six points below the playoff line, and they've got. 11 games to go. They've got four games in hand on Montreal, who's six points ahead of them in the sixth uh, place in, in the Eastern Conference. So this might yeah, actually... Yeah, they got some home games coming at them. Yeah, this might actually be an important Eastern Conference game. So You, you mean you're not excited to watch San Jose beat FC Dallas? Oh, I would love that. They did it in Frisco. It's possible. I know. That would be amazing. And then... Ideally, sporting can jump them, hopefully. Yeah. And I'd love to see Toronto beat freaking Portland to end the night. So that'd be sweet. Toronto's on a little bit of a tear as well. I don't I don't know what they think they're doing. Yeah, they uh they're level with DC at twenty seven points. They're just six points off the playoffs. But again, they got yeah, dude. they got two games in hand on Montreal too. So I don't know. They could do it. That's it. awesome. We're going to end up back here in December talking Toronto, Seattle, part three. I will burn this world. I'll burn it. <laughs> I, that'll not, I will not be okay with that. <laughs> I, I would be pretty upset if that happens. Um, <laughs> but we kick off we kick off the action on, on Saturday, man. We're the, we're the first game. The Twitter game. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Yeah, it's stupid. I won't be watching that. Right? We're on Fox Sports as well, right? I think so, locally. Um, yeah. I don't know if you get it on Fox Sports. I think your choices are going to be, since you're in Chicago, Twitter or nah, Unimas. Nah, bro. I got my dad's login, man. I've been watching ah, stuff on Fox Sports all year. There you go. There you go. You get that. Uh, you got to find yourself a dude. Nate and Maddie Lawrence broadcasting. Exactly. Um, I mean, sporting in Seattle. That's the best game of Saturday, right? Is there any question? Uh, that would be the one that I'm thinking. I mean, Columbus NYC could be fun. Another Texas Derby, though. Derby, Derby. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Texas Derby. <laughs> I think that's how they say it in Texas. Dallas Houston. Dallas Houston be fun. Yeah, and in theory, Toronto FC and LAFC should be fun, but I don't know. True. And DC, maybe they come in hot. Uh, with Atlanta coming into D.C. Yeah. I don't know. That's a national game. That's FS1. Wayne Rooney. Got to stick it to Atlanta. Come on, Wayne. Absolutely. Waza. You got to do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So I don't know. Um, a lot of fun stuff. Did you see LAFC though? They no longer have their captain, Lawrence Simon. He's been transferred to League That's One. Right. So, I mean, I think this is a personal thing for him. Doesn't he have a yeah, like a sick daughter and needs to get the care she needs? Uh, my understanding is his daughter is autistic, and when he was living in Montreal, which is part of French Canada, um, he's Belgian, so That's weird. they speak. Um, French in, in Belgium. Um, she was in like an immersion French school or something like that. And she was doing really well. And that's why he was so mad when he was traded to LAFC. So it's not that like, he didn't like playing for LAFC. He actually seemingly really did, but for his daughter's sake, they're going back to France so she can have a better environment, um, to kind of help her get through some of her stuff. So, I mean, well, Hey, that's a big transfer for him and he'll be making some money up, uh, playing for the mustards. <laughs> yeah, he's on uh, Dijon. Um, but I mean, hey, that's a big move because you go up, you know, you 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 switch from playing against, you know, MLS strikers to now you got freaking Neymar and Kylian Mbappe that you're going up against. So, um, yeah, hey, good for him. But also, are are they, are they like the number two club up there, right under PSG? I. I'm honestly not sure. I'm not up on my League One news, so I'm not either. I, I try to be, but it's uh, it's not easy to watch them. I mean, they just made it easy to watch Syria this year, right? ESPN Plus, um, but uh, yeah, but the France France League is not easy to to watch. No, get on it, ESPN. Not everyone has B in sports, you know. Does anybody have B in sports anymore? To be honest. I thought I did, but I guess it's not in my dad's cable package. What the hell, dad? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on with BN. Um yeah, I'd like to watch PSG so I could see my uh my son Timothy Weah, as I call him. Oh my god. <laughs> Why is he your son? Uh Why? The, the the future of American soccer. Um so, I don't know. Yeah. I wish. Why are you, why are you claiming parental rights? What, what just happened? Why not? I love him. I don't know. I love him. I love him like he was my own. <laughs> so, oh my god! I remember when he was just a small lad. You know. Oh my god! Yeah. His you don't his dad you don't remember that his dad is the president of Liberia. I think is that right? George president Leia? of Libya. What? what? No, hold on. I thought it was Liberia. Hold on. <laughs> said hold on i'm looking it up yeah i was right (laughs) he's the president of liberia of course you're right that's a it sounds like a naughty word (laughs) okay on that note okay moving (laughs) on (laughs) anywho we're at an hour and and, and two minutes at this point i think it's about time to Wind it on down. Do you have any final thoughts Time to wrap uh, it up. for our good listeners before we sign off? Final thoughts is uh, let's uh, let's get rolling, guys. Let's get this uh, playoff run going. Three o'clock Saturday, and gosh dang it, it was so cool to meet everyone, man. I keep talking about it, and it was uh, super fun. Like I had a great trip, and both Sporting KC games were a huge part of it. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was great to see you. Um, hopefully, we'll see you at more games next year. We'll see. That's the plan. Um, but again, thank you guys so much for everyone who came out. Uh, keep leaving those ratings and reviews. It definitely helps us out. Um, tell your friends. Listen to the pod. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at JCMax03, at Dan Kuzer. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod, or send us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com um yeah thank you guys so much hopefully we'll talk to you next week after we beat the seattle sounders so for dan i'm jimmy we'll talk to y'all later see ya peace
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.